0: The Rice and Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook. Download their top rated app. Use the promo code RTRS. Brought to you by Adam Kasebe, the official realtor of the process, with you at processrealtor.com by Nature pet food slow cooked with super fusion get 20% off your first order with code chewy no with code rtrs20 at chewy.com go to chewy.com use promo code rtrs20 the code chewy probably won't work and stateside urban craft vodka the official sponsor of the corner 3 newsletter with zo Get it at statesidevodka.com. On the show today, Embiid versus Anthony Davis versus Nikola Jokic. How would you rank them? We bring in Tony T and Tommy from down the shore uh, to announce the finalists for the Embiid ones. I'm just going to make pretend Rebel isn't barking in the background. Um, Mike's most important quest in life. Further controversy about the uh, sitting or standing that includes a former Grantland employee Billy Donovan is not going to be the coach, but they're apparently down to two, even though they haven't made any changes in the front office. And oh, by the way, uh, the rumor is also that they're calling around the league, willing to trade anybody if they hire Dan Tony. So it'll be a good show. Um, uh, that's it. You know what? We're just going to go. Oh, there's masks left. That's what I want to say at uh, Buda Babe. We have like now 32 white ones. 35 black ones left if you buy a mask, and we're out of the dog bandanas if you buy a mask one also gets donated to a child at a philadelphia public school who is in need of one so that's good so go to uh, buddhababe.us or just go to our website you can find them right there without any further ado amos and the chef Larry. Welcome to the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who has the Twitter leadership in his crosshairs on his quest to be verified. That is Mike Levin.
2: It's time. are these fake Mike Levin's out there. Yep. So... Trying to pretend. <laughs> it's me. It should always have been me.
0: I... You know, people would not believe how little we communicate not on the podcast, like during the week. It's always like, hey, you know... What time? You know, or, hey, what about this guest? That's about it. So when I got a text from you the other night, I was very surprised that that there was a text at all. And the text was very serious in that it is time for you to be Twitter verified.
2: (laughs) It's time. Everybody else is. Friggin' people writing for the, whatever, Levittown Courier (laughs) with, like, 11 followers. It's enough already. Well, I, I'm out here having to prove who I am all the time.
0: <laughs> no one, no. Mike always always holding up a, a newspaper of the current day. With, with, <laughs> yes, sticker. with every single tweet. <laughs> well, there must have been one person that you saw that was verified to put you over the edge. Like I need to know. I guess I just need to know. Like, and I, I'm going to make it my mission to get you verified, even though they've made it. I, I did some digging, and they have made it. More difficult, and they've verified fewer people. It's it's a sh- more shadowy process than it was before. I need to know what was the straw that broke the camel's back.
2: I don't remember. There's a bu- <laughs> It's a bunch of people. There's some, there's some. There's some. newspaper that's like I. I work for, you know, for the thousand Courier Herald, <laughs> and I have 18 followers, and my name is like Cool Guy Dave. What if they told you? Yes, we will verify you, but
0: your profile photo must be you and you alone. That's fine. Okay. All right. You would. You would. You would do that. Yeah. Okay.
2: All I would right. do that. All right. I don't think I would do like a. I would. It would be dumb. Like I couldn't do this. Like me smiling. Yeah. Well, or like <laughs> like a like a headshot. What if they were like you got to go to glamour shots sit in the mall? Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. No, I think it. I think that. Uh, I think that my career, if I had been verified, my career would be better. Really? I'm believing. Yeah. I feel like people are like, oh, he's a little. I, I should be verified in two mediums. I should be double verified. Wow. Why well, you being enough like? Enough already.
0: Yeah. I can't get the Ricky verified on Instagram. I, I've tried numerous times.
2: Oh, you have? Yeah. I didn't know that. 7,000. I don't even need Instagram. That's fine. Instagram, not much happening there. hmm I am a formidable,
0: mm-hmm.
2: trusted, trusted, mm-hmm. guy (laughs) who should uh, should say stuff with an aura of authority and I need it to lord over my friends and enemies. (laughs) What if what if you just get like the thing that like
0: Doc Pearson had like the seven in the circle? Yeah I see a lot
2: of people with that. (laughs) That's tough. No I won't be doing that. You gotta
0: have a real one. So I, I you know I always start the pot off with the same thing but I don't. You normally interrupt it, but I want you to like let me finish because I, I, we're gonna go right into something that I think you would like. So before we get started, I would like to remind everyone that Scott O'Neill is still the CEO of the Seventy Sixers after overseeing Jerry Colangelo hiring his own son, BernerGate, uh, team collaboration, and the like. And that there still has been no meaningful change in the front office, yet they are down to two coaching finalists somehow, even though they promised a, uh, a deep dive into the front office uh, over a month ago. A, an email came in from Quinn and from Sam. And Quinn writes, after mentioning the blog post from Scott O'Neill on today's podcast, I Googled it. And the, the, the blog posts are on LinkedIn, and they're called Be Where Your Feet Are. Um, I also got a couple of messages from people. Please do not harass him on LinkedIn. Um, (laughs) I don't do that. But, um, after mentioning the blog post from Scott O'Neill on today's podcast, I Googled it and it showed two things. Number one, he is releasing a book in June of next year for some (laughs) fucking reason. Number two, he is described as beloved in the Google books description. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so the book...
2: The, beloved! The, the book, a self... Beloved! The, Everyone's beloved. Yeah. They're uh, really it, just throwing out beloved like anybody. A self... Can get it. A self-help book. Ex- How many people have to beloved you for <laughs> you to be described as beloved? Well, I
0: think it's more about a percentage.
2: And I think the percentage has to be 90%, right? That's high. I don't know that anyone in the world is 90% beloved. <sighs> I'd even... I'd give them... It has to be a, the combination of... Like there's gotta be a story. awareness? Because there's I would say seventy-five percent of Sixers fans don't know who Scott O'Neill is.
0: That's a good point. You're right.
2: And so of the people who know who he is, mm-hmm. how many of them do you think add the word fucking before his name?
0: Right. Like a very high percentage. Too high to be beloved.
2: Exactly. Right. Like, right, right. in fact, he's so not beloved. Mm-hmm. He's the opposite of beloved. Mm-hmm. He is really, like, as far as what the opposite are, like, the only people that know who he is that are a fan of this team are people who think he fucking sucks. Right.
0: Like, and, and I guess I would say, and, and this speaks to the same thing, how many people of those who know Scott O'Neill go, oh, man, that guy's fucking great. He's great. What, 2%? The 3%, maybe, people that have just met him in the venue. Uh, I
2: don't know. I couldn't nice tell man. you. I, couldn't, I, I don't want to speculate on that, how he is outside of this uh, arena. So, the, the but, book. but in the arena, as far as beloved CEO of the Sixers, mm-hmm. he's not. He straight up isn't.
0: The, uh, the title of the book, Be Where Your Feet Are, Seven Principles to Keep You Present, Grounded, and Thriving
2: <laughs> is
0: described as a self-help book. It is due in June of 2021.
2: Oh my god. From
0: Scott O'Neill, the beloved CEO of the Phil 76ers, How to Find Regular, Meaningful Moments in an Irregular Life.
2: Oh my God.
0: Yeah. I mean, we gotta have a like a, a book signing event or something, right? I mean, Sure.
2: I, I just I I have such a low tolerance for like, business speak Mm -hmm. and jargon Mm -hmm. and, like, terms Mm -hmm. and just, like, the idea that you can like, (laughs) uh, any of it, mindfulness in dealing with your employees, like, it's like, fuck you, you're an asshole and this is all just, like, projecting yourself forward as, like, this beacon of, like, goodness and it's just like, dude, you're straight up not. You sell fucking ads on jerseys (laughs) and, like, you know, look over people's shoulders as they're like doing work and say, not how I would do it
0: or like <laughs> That's a good point.
2: getting mad at people for like, I don't know, coming in late or something. I don't know what he does. I don't know he does, but it's not good.
0: <laughs> He's standing by the door by the, uh, do you think he makes people clock in? He probably makes
2: people. Oh clock. yeah. But it's like a fun clock. in. Yeah.
0: Right. All right. Um, well, actually, it, actually, it seems like a, a good transition. Actually, so Billy Donovan signs with the Bulls. Good for him. And basically, suggesting that he, as a Sixers candidate, was nonsense because he obviously left the OKC job knowing he would go to the Bulls. I mean, it was too. It seemed too quick. Otherwise, really, Just a few weeks. But, but he never, like, he never even interviewed here.
2: I mean, I mean. I thought he. I thought he did. I thought there was at least. I don't know. No, I, I don't. Maybe it was just like he's in the conversation over yeah. and over again. I thought he was at least named.
0: So, so a bunch of people report that it's down to Ty Lue, and after they're, I'm sure they talked to seventy five people. Seventy five. It, it's down to Ty Lue and Mike D'Antoni with Kevin O'Connor and Keith Smith. He of the Disney prediction, saying.
2: That what was, was the Disney prediction?
0: Keith Smith was the, the guy that said Disney would work before any anybody, ever. Like, mm. he wrote a whole thing. Actually, it wasn't even, I don't even think he had, like, knowledge. He basically worked at Disney at one point, and here's, he was like, here's why Disney would work, and wrote a whole thing on it. It's on Yahoo somewhere. Um, I remember reading it, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so he and KOC basically say that, like, D'Antoni is in the lead or whatever. and then Keith Smith reports that something to the effect of that the Sixers are like making it known that if they hire Mike Dantoni, that they're like open to trading anybody. And that's the, the big story of the day. The,
2: and that stuff. and, that's, the, tough. and that's, what you, that's what you want. You want your coach to dictate, Yes, what the you know, future of your personnel, your franchise is Hiring a 75 year old coach
0: at probably his final stop um i think he's
2: 69
0: whatever he is i said like 75 Here i we wouldn't go. forget that the key smith says starting to hear a lot of buzz that the philadelphia 76ers are letting teams know that they are open to trade talks if they hire mike d'antoni to be their next head coach philadelphia realizes that current roster with all the bigs isn't built to be a successful d'antoni team so hire a coach and then trade the best players to fit the coach That'll work, um, and obviously they have to be talking about trading the two big guys because they would obviously be open to trading everybody else on the fucking roster. So I don't know. I don't know.
2: Yeah. They they that that could still mean like we're willing to trade Josh. Like they're the Sixers seem like the kind of guy that would not know, you know that everybody would know that. Yeah, and yeah. It also be like the fantasy your fantasy football team, and you're like making a trade, and you're like, okay, I'm willing to part.
0: Mm-hmm. with right
2: <laughs> okay chris hogan yeah <laughs> about that that's as far as i'm willing to go uh it seems
0: like there's like okay bud um i still would yeah i'm still okay with hiring mike D'Antoni, and i actually don't buy that they would need to be like a seven seconds or less team for for mike D'Antoni to coach unless you think he's a an imbecile or something I, I, right
2: i mean i We've said this before we're not like coach guys i think people that like pur- purport to be coach guys are largely making it up or going with the consensus i think that there are you know positives and negatives you can take out of any mm-hmm. coaching situation anywhere and i've always thought that generally talent wins out like a good coach can get you They're like most most coaches in the <laughs> league are at least like fine mm-hmm. and the most you know, There's a few very bad ones and then a few very good ones that can like really take you to the next level. Um, I don't dislike D'Antoni at all. No. Um, I would be interested to see what he could do with this roster uh, or a better version of this roster. Um, I'd be interested to see what he does for Tobias specifically as far as getting him to take a higher volume of threes and take them quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Horford is here, same thing. Um, ben in the open court I uh, would be interested to see if that what, what that looks like under D'Antoni and if, if he can be, everyone uses the term, unlocked, uh, as if there's some you know secret inside the safe that everyone's just uh, waiting to learn the code to. Surround um, shooters. Would love to see him as a screener and see what that's about. Love to see him beat as a screener and see what that's about. Um, I don't know. It, it'd be very interesting. I, I think certainly the Sixers, as they continue to uh, dart from pole to pole of extremes, uh, never building a holistic team, only doing the most extreme version of anything at any given time. Uh, would be interested to see what this team looks like under him. Um, I would, I hope that Embiid and Simmons are both on board with this. But again, like we're here, we are talking about a coaching hire before the team has made any change to their front office. Well, like the, we ha- they're
0: letting the they're letting the same people that did everything over the last few years, uh, very little of of which has turned out well, making the decision on the the new coach. Yeah, uh, and I, I, mean, I thought I, it, I, 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 I thought just it was funny, to... like like the uh, the Hawks. I don't know if you saw hired Landry she- Landry Fields as assistant mm-hmm. GM, and that was the job that Elton Brand told us that he got offered before he took the Sixers GM job. And right. I just, I thought to myself, oh, look, that's novel. Hiring a former player to be an assistant GM before you give him full power <laughs> over everything. You know, that makes sense. You know, learning the, learning the ropes a little bit.
2: So I, I, I just don't know what anyone's thinking. Like, how, do they think we're like the dumbest fucking people in the world? Do they think that like things have gone well to the point where simply firing Brett is the answer to all of this? Like, how how can they look around the league and see how many teams have benefited from the Sixers' stupidity? Like the... Like the new teams. Uh, the, the Clippers benefiting yeah. from uh, the Sixers overpaying for Tobias mm-hmm. um, so that the the Clippers could then turn around and trade all those picks to Oklahoma City. So the Clippers in Oklahoma City. Uh, Boston, for us... Uh, getting swindled. I don't know about swindled as much as like telegraphing the Matisse pick. Right. And then taking Horford off their hands. And the um, fucking,
0: the, I mean. And obviously
2: Tatum and, right. and, yeah. and Fultz, of course. Um, plus Miami for just being like, hey, you want to go to Miami? Here you go, pal. All you. There you are. We'll take a little Josh Richardson and we'll, we'll put him in the worst possible place to succeed. Um, and uh, there's probably more.
0: What did, I mean, Minnesota? did did
2: Jeremy Grant yeah, uh, oh having yeah. a good time in Denver, who yeah. Brian Colangelo just got there and decided to trade right away. Uh, Rashawn Holmes in Sacramento as a very formidable uh, rim-rolling center. There's like a ton of guys around the league that the Sixers had um, in their building, most of them under a lot of cost control, and uh, just gave them just gave them right up for kind of, I would add, and I have to do this every podcast, the possession trade Mm -hmm. Sixers trading up past where Kyle Kuzma and Josh Hart and Derek white um, among many others uh, to, to take a guy who never played for the team. I mean, there's so many things and there's just so many things and you like, you don't have to know all of them even to just look at the Sixers right now. If you just like, Close your eyes and like looked at this season, even not thinking about all the mistakes that were made individually, error after error after error, uh, just looking at this right now and, and saying that uh, we should keep the same guys in charge. The fact that the front office is going after Mike D'Antoni when, when Jerry Calangelo was brought in back when Hinky was here Jerry Calangelo's was this his first move before Ish or around the same time when he trades two second round picks for Ish to bring in to, to bring in Mike D'Antoni as Brett's assistant. And like that's that's fine in that sense. Like I don't I don't I think D'Antoni was a good coach then. I thought that was a good idea. I think D'Antoni's a good coach now, and if he came here, that's fine. But the idea that all of the people who were here in the last four years, four plus years, to fuck everything up. And, almost, and evaporate any real sense of goodwill that this team could have for what they've done, are still the ones making the decisions and following the path that was laid out then, and it's, it's remarkable. It is absolutely remarkable that whether it's Scott or Brian's minions or Jerry's dad still in the building somewhere, I— I don't I unbelievable. It's it is a it is remarkable that everyone in this front office, everyone in that works for the team is basically just Brian Colangelo in a mask.
0: It's pretty sad that he's like shadow running the team. It's pretty embarrassing. Um so that's what we think of the coach. You know, whatever. It's nice. Poor it's a shame that Mike D'Antoni is associated with them. That's that it, yeah. it makes me think less of him.
2: I read I read this is a and as far as the album goes, like I I it always feels weird to like Dump on Elton because a he's a good guy. He came on a live show. He threatened to beat me up. All in good fun. Um, I'm not trying to dump was, on him.
0: I, like I, I again, I've, I've said over and over. I think like he has promised. It just he he was
2: not. He was set up to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. And he had he was just surrounded by like vipers and shitheads, and uh, you know a a guy above him that just clearly wants to do his job. And just, you know, write books for self-help. Like, imagine imagine the worst person you know writing a self-help book. Yeah. it's really good. And and so there's this article. I forget what it is. I I, I copied and pasted this. It was probably on The Athletic. Um, Philadelphia remains intent on building and adding talent under Uh, Brand. That's Shams. This is Shams? Yeah. To further strengthen the front office. Brand is well-respected by his peers across the NBA, agents, and basketball industry executives. In addition to leading the head coaching service, Brand is having the conversations with multiple NBA front office personnel to bolster his staff. For the 76ers, Brand continues to be the leader of basketball operations. It just. They're not going to fire anybody. They're like, not going to fire. Or they'll fire like one person or they'll give him like a, a parachute or something. It's just all so, so bizarre that in every single iteration of any article written, even when it's like Elton's the guy, Buck stops here. It's like, and, you know, there's other guys that are kind of around and he's the leader. Yeah, we let's use like an amorphous term like leader. And it's like, well, they're still answering to a couple other people and they're, you know, keeping an eye on him and all. It's like there's never a clear indication. It is just a horribly run organization from top to bottom um, because the owners, for whatever reason, are trusting Scott O'Neill with their life, with all with with their money and their team and their reputation. And what a what an odd choice to make
0: (laughs) before we get to some fun. <laughs> I agree with all of it. Uh, the Rights to Ricky Sanchez is brought to you by Adam Kasebe, who is the official realtor of the process. A couple of good news things for you here, Mike. Uh-huh. First of all, this came from Matt about Adam. He goes, Here's the truth Adam's guidance was invaluable when I was searching for a house. He's in Delaware, trash state. I went to UD, I know. I'm into New Jersey. He couldn't help me personally because I was looking in North Jersey, but he made an incredible recommendation for an agent in my area and a mortgage broker. I got a great house and an incredible mortgage rate, so without Adam, I would have been lost. P.S. Cut Carson Wentz. And then uh, Adam told me yesterday he sold uh, two homes, one at at like almost a million dollars, by the way, in in Delaware, at the beach, to ricky listeners in the hmm. last month which is incredible um people I love are that yeah
2: people are, are trusting casebi that's the right thing to do so if, if you're people, buying million dollar homes from our sponsors you need to give us some money some of the million like some of it
0: just a small i guess that's what adam does though right i mean he gives us part of the million that's true you know, that's how it works, I think.
2: I want, a, I want a little, I want an envelope of cash, like we're Tony Soprano <laughs> from everybody who listens. If, look, if you want
0: to buy a house at the Delaware beaches, or maybe in Wilmington, maybe Adam can take care of you, like even if it's not the beaches. Uh, Delaware beaches, Adam is your dude, processrealtor.com. The, the mortgage rates are, not the mortgage rates, the, uh, what's it called? The property tax is super low in Delaware, way better than Jersey Shore, and the mortgage rates are low. Or if you're looking outside of Delaware, and you need a recommendation for a realtor uh, like Matt did and a mortgage broker like Matt did, you talk to Adam Kasabi. He's going to take care of you. He's, just, he's reaping the benefits of the Ricky Nation, and now you can go to no other realtor on the planet. Call him or text him, 302-864-8643. That is 302-864-8643, or email adam at processrealtor.com. That is Adam Kasebe, K-S-E-B-E, the official realtor of the process. So speaking of the process realtor, uh, Sixers Adam did a mailbag uh, this week because he's already mailing in uh, his columns. (laughs) Uh, And he said one of the things was somebody asked him to rank. Now, this almost seems impossible to say this, but he said, excluding health concerns, rank Day, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid. I'm curious. to Now, he ranked it very close, but ranked it Davis, Jokic,
2: Embiid. I'm curious how you would rank it. It's interesting. Um, Jokic, and I would add Murray, obviously not in this category, but Jokic and Murray have done so much, and you can say Jimmy and all this stuff, have done so much in this current mm-hmm. Like postseason run Mm -hmm. to improve their stocks in a way that obviously the Sixers didn't have a chance to because they lost in uh, a game and a half Um, AD is good I've always thought he's a little bit overrated and I obviously watch him a lot here Um, I think he's an excellent number two I think Anthony Davis is an absolutely excellent elite second option to LeBron uh, I, every time he's on the court and the offense runs through him, mm-hmm. I always feel myself wanting more. It just doesn't seem quite right. Um, whether or not he's not like the he smartest like, have a offensive go-to,
0: really too. Like I don't even know what his game is besides versatile offensively.
2: Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I mean he's, he's excellent offensive rebounder, and he just like makes plays and like gets the ball. There, there's a there's a there's a bunch of just like his length and anticipation is excellent. And obviously, we're talking about like the top twenty players in the league. These all, these guys are all very good. Um, I think AD is probably in the like ten to twelve range, um, w- but it's different. Like I think with LeBron, he's the perfect guy to be next to LeBron. If you're if I'm starting a team, I think I would put AD behind both of those guys,
0: both of Embiid and Jokic. Yeah, and then how would. Who who is number one of those two?
2: It's tough. I mean, MB We've seen different stuff out of Embiid. I would say I, I would say it's probably unreasonable right now to not say Jokic. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just looking really He's incredible. He's incredible. The stuff he's doing is unbelievable. Um, and his defense improved. He's obviously not a great defensive player. I think Embiid at his best is still the the better player um, because of his. You can't stop him inside, and he also anchors your defense. Whereas Jokic, you kind of have to deal with his shortcomings. Um, and so I always just prefer a guy that you can say, "Hey, we don't have you're not a liability anywhere." Mm-hmm. Um, which at with Joel Embiid's potential, that I think is who he'd be. Um, but it's hard to ignore how, like, you know, underwhelmed the, we've been with Joel at times in his career, um, and he has not had a, he's not strung a full season together where he's just the guy that we think he is and can be. Um, and certainly has never done it you know maybe last year was the year to do it in the playoffs when he was they were a plus billion with him on the court and a minus trillion with him off it so um, certainly don't blame him for all the six or shortcomings by any means but um, yeah I mean the way the boy the way Jokic is playing right now is is unreal and I would love for Embiid to be on this kind of run for sure
0: it's sort of hard to your point to like rank Embiid ahead of either of them currently, given how both of them look, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, what's it called? Like, I I think there is something to what you said about AD being a number two, in that if Embiid had an outstanding perimeter player on his team, then I think he would clearly look like the number one guy. Honestly, like if he was playing with a great perimeter player like Murray or or LeBron, which he never has, and, and who knows when he will, um, it it does like take a lot of the offensive pressure off of him, and it would allow him, like you've talked about a bunch of times, to focus on defense. And I think like he is obviously a way better player than Jokic, and I think actually could be a a, a significant notch over AD at at his best mm-hmm. the problem is he's not at his best enough now yeah. to rank him ahead of either of those guys i agree and, with that and um i you know this isn't about ceiling it's sort of about right now um and right now it it, it would just legitimately be hard to rank him above those guys
2: yeah so, and i think we're probably i think as far as you know people nationally i think We'd probably be the only ones putting Embiid in that conversation right mm-hmm. now, sure, um, because we watch him the most and because we know what he's capable of. And I think there's a lot of recency bias, um, but they're really good and they're doing it at a high level. And, and Embiid hasn't uh, been afforded that opportunity to. And some of that's been his fault, and some of it's been the team's fault. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there, the what was his tweet? You thought that I got uh, people are acting yeah. like I got deported, deported. or something? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I mean I hope he takes this shit personally. Like I want I'm dying for everyone to, the Sixers to take it personally and it's for It's so fleeting,
0: No, It is, and, it is. You know, You're like, right.
2: It's yeah. fleeting. We did get uh an Instagram of Tobias Harris in Napa drinking wine. Yeah. Uh tantalizingly close to uh to what we want out of it. Uh want them all there at the same time, if you please. Um but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Everything's in such flux that I... Maybe I there know. wasn't... Maybe
0: Ben didn't go because there wasn't a ticket for Alex Subers to come along. <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
2: speak, speaking of Embiid... Sub- Subers runs the team.
0: Yes. Speaking of Embiid, so we asked you, um, for you, the listener, for 100 words or less on what the process means to you. And we have a pair of autographed Embiid ones, autographed by Joelle... Uh, embed ones to give away. And we got hundreds of replies. And I would like to say that there were many that were actually really funny. There were several that were touching. There were about 12 people that filled out everything but the 100 words or less, That what the process meant to them. I admired the boldness of trying to enter the contest um, without it. But we have narrowed it down to three. Uh, three contestants, for, and the embed ones are for sale right now from Under Armour, wherever you buy your sneakers or whatever. Uh, The three contestants are Jonathan, Devin, and Bobby. But instead of us reading their submissions, uh, we got uh, who else but Tony, Tony to Tony and Tommy from down the shore
1: to read their submissions. Please enjoy. Okay. Devine says, what does process mean to you? Okay. He says process is about more than just basketball. Okay process is about a community, okay? Working together, pulling each other forward, okay? It's about second chances, long shots, and getting up again. Division matters. Getting a shot at championship is a goal. But the process without hard work is just a very nice story. Putting it all on the line, looking your teammates in the eye and knowing yous were in it together. And that's the process. Process forever. And then Bobby goes, what does the process mean to you? Bobby goes, the process brought my, fa- my father back to me and the Sixers. He gave up on me and the family after the Barkley trade. Well, after Doug Collins and Eddie Jordan ruined my life, he laughed at my La Giants to Henke, and thought MB would never get healthy. Well, fucking joke's on you, Dad. Then I brought him to a home game against the Pacers on November 11th. The Sixers were 0-7, okay? His deadbeat dad watched MB Bowie and eventually fell out Miles Turner yelling, Oh, my God! This guy's unbelievable. The next morning, I called him watching MBs on YouTube's highlights on his laptop which sounds maybe like, you know, your dad got something else going on too, but that's cool. The process is joy, Bobby says, TTP, there you go. Yo, you guys are real winners. Yo, this is Tommy from down the shore. And here's Jonathan. When asked, what does the process mean to you? Here's what Jonathan had to say. The process is a movement. It's a way of life, a cultural phenomenon. It's the American dream. Start with nothing and try to end up on top of the world. The process is celebration. It's the best center in the league. It's a Turkish small forward hitting the game-winning three. It's championship aspirations, but the process is also heartbreak. It's a broken shot, a large collared trust fund child. It's confetti on a losing court. What is the process, you ask? It's more than just a sports team. The process is
0: life. There we go. So thank you, Tony, T, and Tommy. Uh, you I, can really, f- I really liked Alla Giants. Which, yeah, Alla Giants was great. YouTubes. Um, if you go to com slash mbid, com slash mbid, you can vote. You have until Friday uh, at midnight to To get your vote in, and uh, thank you to everybody who uh, who voted. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, and thank you to, to Tony T and uh, and Tommy for reading them for us. Um, we are uh, newsletter comes out tomorrow with uh, with uh, Zoe giving away more Zoe shirts. Um, and uh, we found out that everyone who who picks up their Zoe shirt when you win them, rather than get it sent it to you, you get one of these stateside glasses that they make from the bottom of the bottle. Uh, which is pretty dope. So thank you, Stateside, for that. So sign up for the newsletter at writesrickeysanchez.com slash newsletter. It is brought to you by Stateside Vodka, the number one craft spirit, uh, distilled seven times, certified gluten-free, available in the 1.75 Magnum bottle at your local Find and & Wine and Good Spirits or statesidevodka.com. Please drink responsibly. Um, Hmm. What do you want to do here? Do you want to do relationship advice? Do you want to talk about standing or sitting while wiping? Where are Where are we? Uh,
2: well, I would love I would love to tell uh, remind people to register to vote. Oh, you can do that's that. That's important. Uh, the voter registration deadline in Pennsylvania uh, is until I think mid October, so you got plenty of time there. Make sure you're registered. Make sure your kids are registered if they're of age or your little siblings. Any of that stuff. Get them registered. It's good. Also, you, you've been seeing the uh, naked ballot controversy in Philadelphia people Uh, talking about it all all over the state
0: oh with the 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 secret envelope and then the magnum envelope around the secret envelope yes the
2: the secrecy envelope is 100% uh, (laughs) where the Sixers front office lives right Uh, (laughs) that's all contained in there Um, but I'll just say I read the inquirer story about it you fill out your ballot you fold it in half Spike you put your ballot in the secrecy envelope Mm mhm which is also written on there, the official election ballot, Uh, put the secrecy envelope, which now has your ballot in it, put that into the declaration envelope, and then that's what you sign and date and either send in the mail or drop off. So
0: it's funny. I don't, like, I don't, I'm going to vote in person. It's never a problem for me. So I'm going to vote in person. So I have not received it. I would hope... That your ballot has like some sort of instructions is that it does okay but just
2: so you, you know that but just read the instructions carefully uh people are very concerned about ballots getting uh rejected which sucks and it should not be this hard to vote it should be, there shouldn't be any like if you Look. write the wrong uh check mark then your scantron gets deleted like it shouldn't be that um but uh this is the system the election is upon us in some states early voting do it. Do your stuff up and down the ballot. Vote everywhere uh, for everybody that you believe in, and make sure you're, you're following the instructions. I like yeah. following instructions, Spike.
0: Yeah, like look, it says if it says how to do it on there, you should just follow how to do it. Like you know, like that's it, don't even you can even ignore what Mike said and just look what it says to do in the instructions. That's and right. Do that.
2: So but just be mindful of. You don't, want to, you don't have a naked ballot. No naked ballots. Don't be yeah. naked ballot. No Just be naked chats. doing a podcast on the ground after a game in the dark. That's right. fine. Those are different things.
0: So I got a few requests from Grantland employees begging me to exonerate them from writing the email in the last pod about, um, about wiping, standing, or sitting up. Wow. Uh, I refuse to exonerate anyone. Because mm. the more people I, I eliminate, right. the more likely it becomes who, who it could be.
2: Sure. I just assumed it was Bill.
0: <laughs> no comment. But Zach in Delaware wrote, he said, I can't believe this subject is my first email to you guys, but it's 2020, so maybe it's right on par. I'm a lifelong standing up to wipe guy. I just turned 30. I feel like it's the correct way to wipe. And this, what? Is, this is why. Baby wipes. You must be using baby wipes. If I you're am? not, I am judging you and, and think you're disgusting.
2: Mm.
0: You can wipe clean on the TP, but switch over to the baby wipes and bam, you need two or more wipes. Now, here's why you need to stand.
2: I finish if, with a, I wipe with the regular and then finish with the cleanup one. To dry it, dry it. Wait, no, you other way wipe around. with the
0: regular, okay.
2: Wipe with the regular, just fully situation with one. Get it all. Everything good. Last little, nice little refreshing (laughs) swipe. And that's that. Zach says, now here's why you need to stand. The wipes are
0: going to be positioned on the back of the toilet, not on the side like the TP is. You might be able to reach around, you say, but if you actually try to pull them out, you'll see they attach and they don't come out smoothly. You'll pull for one, next thing you know, you have five in your hand, thus you need two hands.
2: It's, look, it's an art form, but you don't need to stand up and air your, no. your duty spray out all over to the whole bathroom.
0: Yeah, don't get me wrong, in public restrooms where I don't have access to wipes, I'll, I'll squat straight up and wipe without standing and turn for that exact reason, the previous email on the podcast said. But standing up to wipe is the only correct way to get the job done. Ridiculous.
2: No. You, can, you can reach behind you and grab without having to fully stand up you're not, it's, like, a a sim.
0: It, it's honestly fucking insane. Just, uh, who can't grab something right behind them? Yeah,
2: I, yeah I, th- Or, before you start the process... Move the thing! Move the, the thing! Yeah. To the ground, next to you, even.
0: My, my brother on. has, like, an aftermarket bidet. It was, like, 50 bucks. I bought yeah. it on Amazon, but it doesn't fit, like, on my toilet, so I couldn't get it on there.
2: Yeah, I'm intrigued by a bidet, but I haven't ever... It, for it.
0: So I didn't know he had it And I'm sitting on his toilet He lives in Los Angeles I'm sitting on his toilet And there's this little knob to the right And it's got like a knob And it goes blue all the way to like red And I'm like, I wonder what this <laughs> knob is Let me tell
2: you when That's if you t- want to trade the, trade the uh, toilet ball into blood Yeah. <laughs> press this button
0: <laughs> um the Right to ricky sanchez podcast is brought to you by uh, by nature pet foods uh the only one that you have to buy we have so many good boy club and good girl club members by nature pet food is good because it's good for your pet it is slow cooked so it stays nutrient rich this is not bullshit this has really been proven that's what they do they cook it slower so there's more nutrients in the food so your pet gets more of the nutrients out of the food, and your pet ends up healthier. Your dog, your cat, whatever. It's so healthy that they don't even uh, delineate is the word. I always feel like I'm looking for the right word. There's no difference between like indoor cat, outdoor cat, adult dog, like small dog, whatever. Their pet food is so good, it is good for all of them, right? So it's, it's slow cooked, premium ingredients like spinach and blueberries and ginger and coconut oil. The first uh, ingredient is always the protein, premium proteins, um, and they've been in business 40 years and never had one recall. It's fucking amazing. Mm. Go to Chewy.com. Use promo code RTRS20. You'll get 20% off your first order of By Nature Pet Foods at Chewy.com. Send us a picture with your dog or cat with the pet food, with the By Nature. They go into the Good Boy Club, Good Girl Club gallery on right, it's, uh, It's simply better for your pet. That's it. And you you care about your pet. And like, you know, you're talking a difference between, you know, five bucks. Maybe it's five bucks more, six bucks more. Who knows? It's better for your pet. Uh, Get them the best. Get them by Nature Pet Foods. Uh, The official pet food of the Right's Ricky Sanchez podcast. So, Mike, there was uh, an article on Hoops Hype this week. And it was from, it was Hoops Hype did. They surveyed 15 front office executives. Four GMs, five scouts, six execs. They asked which players would, under 25 years old, 25 or under, would you start a team with? And you rank them one to five. Ben Simmons came in ninth in their list. I would like to go with the players before him and see who you would take if you were to start a team, all right? Number one is Doncic. That's an obvious yes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like defense. Number two. I yeah, I get it. Doncic overrated. Probably near a ceiling. Only shoots 30% from three. I'm, uh, not,
2: I'm definitely not willing to say that he's near his ceiling. The stuff he's doing from his age is, is yeah, crazy.
0: I'm lost in the first round. Jason Tatum. <laughs> Jason Tatum, number two. Can I be uh, honest with you for a sec? Please. I would take Tatum over Giannis. Wow. If, if you made me pick a player right now, I would take Tatum.
2: Yeah, I think that that's incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see why you would say that, <laughs> but uh, Tatum or Simmons, I'd, I'd put it at a. If you're building the team, if you're building the team around this person, first thing. It's just the first player. I, I, I I'd go Simmons. I would. Over I would. Tatum. Yeah. He's a Simmons. Is a better defender. He's better in the open court. He's a better passer. The thing that he's not better at is scoring in the half court. Okay. And I hate Tatum. Okay, that's, that's, that's fair. That's 100% fair. One hundred percent. Okay. I'm not saying it is a fully unbiased take. Yep. But I am saying it.
0: Uh, number three was Devin Booker.
2: Again, like, I think he had liked. an excellent season and he's gotten better. But he's dude, like, he's been. He's never made the playoffs as, like, the best player. He's, like, still youngish, but that's the the kind of thing I look at, like, AD also, right? Where AD was in New Orleans for, like, seven years and got out of the first round once, and that's when he had him and Cousins, like, playing together as this, like, kind of weird twin tower-type lineup. It's just, like, it's tough to imagine that kind of person as your your number one guy. Booker's obviously really, really good uh, and getting better and getting better as a passer and as an elite shot maker, all this stuff, but... What else is he really like? He's good at offense. He's a bad defender. Uh, he's not that good in the open court. I would I would just
0: say for a wing player, offense is more important than defense. Yeah, Maybe defense
2: is important,
0: but like whatever. All right, I, so I, yeah. I'm yes, yes, yes. Um, number four, Ja Morant.
2: No. I I, I could I'm, I could go either way on Tatum or Booker, but no, no for Ja.
0: Uh, number five, I, I don't, I don't know. I, would be lying if I said I, I, think I watched John Morant play three games this year. But I, like, i he's fun. Yeah, he's good. He's good. good, he's, I, he's a
2: good passer. He's like a, he's a really high IQ player. But, uh, but no.
0: Donovan Mitchell.
2: No. Again, another guy that took a that had a really excellent first round against Denver, a, a pretty bad Denver defense. I would um, take Mitchell. I would not take Mitchell. No.
0: Uh, tied with Mitchell, Bam Adebayo.
2: I love Bam. Love the guy, but no, I would take Ben.
0: I would take Ben over Bam. Um, I would take Ben. And over what? The next a, and what I a huge
2: think. like jump, that leap that Bam has taken. Because he yes. wouldn't even be in this conversation. yet. And so there's some yeah. things that just like I think, I think people are very recency bias in an, anything all the time. Um,
0: uh, Zion Williamson.
2: I probably would have said Zion before the season, but it, I think it'd be a little ignorant to not be a little concerned. He's gonna be hurt all the time, man. Maybe. Dude, how does he come back? He's so fat when they came back.
0: He's got to lose 25 Maybe. pounds.
2: I still uh, really, really, really believe in Zion, but I think it'd be, you can't just fully ignore a season. And then the last one before Ben uh, was Jamal Murray. Same thing. I mean, I, I think before I think before this playoffs, it would have been like not a chance. Like, of course you put Ben first. Um, another guy who is, like Ben is good at more things, but the thing that Jamal Murray is good at is... Seen at as more of a positive and more as uh, not a positive, but m- more important to the kinds of basketball that people want to play. Um, I think you can su- pretty credibly surround Ben Simmons with kinds of guys that do that more easily than you can surround Jamal Murray with kinds of guys that do what Ben Simmons does. Um, but I've been absolutely very impressed with Jamal 100%. I, w-
0: I would take Murray. Uh, and then Simmons was tied with Brandon Ingram. Ridiculous. And then ahead of Jalen Brown, De'Aaron Fox, and Carl Anthony Towns.
2: Towns is interesting. I didn't even think of, I hadn't even seen that. Like I he's a big who doesn't defend. I like I just, believe in his ability to. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm on an island with Towns. I think he's I think as an offensive player, he's like legitimately excellent. Um like one of the top five offensive players in the league. And absolutely his defense is either lacking to the to the point of non-existence, but like there's no reason he shouldn't be good, you know.
0: He's a, he's a little
2: stumblier you, when he runs than you think he
0: is when sure. you watch him.
2: You though. think he has loser face, probably. He, he does have a loser um, face. He's a loser. I uh, I would love to see them. This is not for you, but I would love to see them draft whether it's trade down or whatever. Draft Onyeko Kongwu from SC and play them as a four-five, so Towns doesn't have the responsibility of like anchoring a defense. Um, And so that he can just focus on what he's good at and maybe just like, you know It's tough because he's I I do I think I do think he's a talented player, but I Don't know what it's gonna take for him at this point. He's pretty you know, he's five years into his career time to play defense, bro
0: Well, he's with Ben in the uh, Scared of Jimmy Club. I'll tell you that. Wow. Uh, Well, I mean it is what it is Uh, What's
2: what what's why why would I get why towns would be but why, why would Ben be scared of Jimmy? He is he didn't like his text message. That was the report.
0: He didn't like That's, his text message. He could to like a guy and may not be scared of him. Eh, I don't know. Maybe he didn't want super <laughs> taken there. I'm sorry. I said, there was an Instagram of, like, Ben's uh, wrist and and finger showing, like, like all of these, like, diamonds or whatever. And... <laughs> The photo was obviously just taken by Subers in the backseat of the car, and I just think to myself, "What the fuck is Subers doing? Just taking pictures of Ben from behind it?" It's
2: a good gig. <laughs> I would do it? And
0: I would take Jalen Brown. The the I would take Jalen Brown over Ben.
2: No, I wouldn't. I love Jalen, but I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, it's it's. Yeah, I love how you're on. You're on either side of the the Ben or Jimmy debate. If I picked one, you would be on the other one. (laughs) For you, it's just like both guys are bad. You don't want any part of either of them. You just want (laughs) to totally attack both. Several
0: relationships, yeah. Um, We got an outstanding, we've been getting a lot of relationship advice questions. We're heading into the uh, off season, so I figured it could be sort of regular. So um, uh, this is going to be from Anonymous. So if you want to send us a relationship advice question, send it to writesrickysanchez at gmail.com. Uh, relationship advice. Our song, of course, comes from the Ricky's very own uh, Eliza Hardy-Jones. Uh, that comes from her album, Because Become. This is a sad one. Five years ago, I watched the love of my life pass away. I never believed in soulmates until I met her. When I describe her to people who have not met her, she always sounds so unreal. She was the kindest person imaginable. She never got angry at anyone, but often try to talk to people. She was the definition of charisma in college, as she was courted by a lot of guys and even women. She had a lot of friends and made every conversation seem like you were the most important person in the world at that moment. She played in a lot of bands and taught herself to play guitar, bass, drums, and keyboards. She was a skater. She was a basketball and pro wrestling nerd. She wanted to become a lawyer slash pastor slash missionary. I've never loved a person as much as I loved her. Love doesn't even begin to describe what I felt about her. There aren't enough words in any language to describe what I feel. Love is only the shadow of how I feel. And here we are five years later and I'm still struggling. I've been in three relationships that ended terribly. I got cheated on twice and recently got dumped with the it's not you, it's me reason being for being dumped. I try my best every time I'm in a relationship. Why half-ass half anything, right? How do you move on from this? I kept my feelings for her separate and the relationships I've had. I don't mention her at all unless they ask about her. It has been nothing but pain and misery this year, compounded by my government's ineptitude with dealing with the pandemic. I'm from the Philippines. Taking care of my family, dealing with loss, and this recent breakup. And the Sixers fucking it up. I don't know if you'll read this during the pod. But if you don't, I want you all to know how thankful I am. So um, boy, the way you describe her, I also don't believe she actually existed like that. That seems unbelievable. Um, this is a tough one what I would say this is my point of view is that you are I don't know how old you are you seem young the way you wrote it Um, you're probably lucky to find a person that you considered your soulmate that young and what I always like to tell people is that even if you find somebody that you get married to and you love them and you're married for them for the rest of your life like it was probably like, I don't know, your eighth relationship or your fifth relationship or your twelfth relationship. Most relationships end badly, even if you end up in a great one. So you're just doing it sort of in the reverse order. And I would just say that like the the percentages like lead you to believe that more of them are not going to work out than they do and to me that's a reason to keep looking because you realize that it's sort of like a numbers game to a certain point it doesn't mean that I should say you should date 10 people at once It's not what I'm saying I'm just saying that like it just it takes like most people aren't perfect matches and most people aren't matches at all so the fact that like three haven't worked out especially following somebody that you love so much is not really all that surprising to me so I would just say keep at it that would be my my advice,
2: man. I'm just sorry that this happened. that's tough that feels yeah. really sad, and she seems great and you seem like a great guy, and I'm sorry that all this that all this happened oh man that's, i mean I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know to, I've never dealt with that kind of grief that, that yeah. feels that feels really really hard
0: well i mean it it seems like you you the writer are like have tried to get back into it so I, I would tell you that like don't stop trying that would be my, my recommendation. Um, On to the normal mailbag writes um, Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com Sixers question with Billy Donovan now the coach of the Bulls I could see him potentially wanting Horford who he's won titles with in college as a culture guy and starting center. I doubt we could get Levine and a deal built around Al, but would you trade Al for Thad and Saatorransky? That is kind of another power forward, so not a great fit. And defensively, he would help against big athletic wings. He's a 20 to 25 minute ga- a game guy. Um, I don't think we would need to attach anything more than a second round pick to get off Al. Setaransky would be a helpful piece. He's probably better than Shake.
2: I mean, look, you love Thad, love Thad, but he would be so unhelpful on this team. Um, just to add to the, like, sort of slop of guys. It, be, it wouldn't be bad to have another, like, sort of versatile defensive forward, although he's probably uh, running out of usefulness at his age. Um, Sadoransky's good. I like Sadaransky. I, I, I don't think I'd trade Al for Sadoransky. And I don't know that Billy Donovan is like, I want the guy that I used to coach because coached yeah, a mean, lot of guys.
0: Yeah, that part of it I don't agree with. But I would trade Al for, Thedera- for Sadoransky and Thad.
2: I mean, I'd, it's just I, I'm, you can run I'm being Thad re- in,
0: in, in center minutes as much as you're going to run Al, and, and you get Sadoransky, who's a playable guard.
2: Do, I, you say, do you think you can put Al Thad in, for, in center as much as you put Al in that center?
0: Well, I mean, we don't have that many Al minutes in a positive world, I guess. Like,
2: like Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's going to be some amount of games, 10, 20, 30, that Embiid sits. And so it'd be nice to not lose those games and have to do the same dance that I, we did when, you know, Greg Monroe was starting playoff games for us.
0: I got to tell you, I think you have to like for if you're keeping Embiid, I think you have to get off of Horford.
2: Maybe. I, 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 I don't I don't know enough to, you know, I think that no, that's an un- unknowable question unless you talk to Joel. You know, if the team is talking to Joel and being like, hey, what do you you are the guy you and Ben are our guys. We want you to take ownership of this team like what can we do to help you more we didn't do a good job of it last year and I want I would I hope they're having that conversation and I do not trust them that they are and if one of those things he's like I can't I can't play with Al or get out of whatever give me more guards trade anybody for it I don't care I mean you you don't take his you don't like do whatever he says but like you want you know we're going to do the best to surround him with the kinds of players that he wants to be around because like and maybe I'm getting radicalized by Dietrich but like Three out of the four lineups nah, with those I mean, four guys of Tobias, Horford, Simmons, and Bede. You gotta three out of the stop. four of those guys you got to stop
0: following Dietrich. <laughs> like, I, but, I like,
2: three t- out of the four of those guys, like, the numbers bear out to be, like, that's doable. And they just need more. It can't be Josh. They have to have numbers that they can... guys oh, yeah. Guards that can shoot and dribble and play and all stuff. But all four of them is tough. And it's just, like, look, that's bad. But there is some level of, like, just trading... I think you can get a Satoransky type guy without also, once again, opening up Backup Center as an issue.
0: I I gotta say, like, I'm glad that Ben is supporting basketball reference by paying his monthly um, fee to them, Uh, but he doesn't watch the Sixers, and all (laughs) he does is whatever everyone is saying, he says,
2: like, he has enough... He couches. We gotta everything. have we gotta have Ben on the podcast. What's that? We gotta bring Ben on the podcast. No, he's to not
0: coming back. On. No, he's. We
2: gotta he's we gotta back. talk to him. Nope. We gotta get into this. We gotta know where what his mindset is. We gotta he's really a, get into the faker. delve into the brain.
0: He's a faker. He's a faker. I will not let him on the podcast unless he admits he's a faker. He's playing a game all the time, and I just. Like, I, I just, it's only like 75 people who are brainwashed by his toxicity, but like, <laughs> you, you cannot be brainwashed by him. He's playing a game. He acted, his whole bit for an entire year was that shooting is for old people. Like, that, that's a bit. It's not a real thing. Shooting is the only thing that matters. It's basketball.
2: It's not the only thing that matters. That's crazy. I, there's, there's. I think that the, the there is a balance to a lot of things, and you can have guys who do certain things. The Sixers clearly didn't have enough guys who could do certain things this season, and had too one, many guys that could do. they
0: one effective player in the NBA who is not a rim, who is a, a starter who is not a rim protector, who can't shoot, like who doesn't shoot.
2: I mean, Draymond.
0: But he, but he does. He does shoot.
2: Not really. He shot like twenty-eight percent. He was like very unwilling in the past few years to take those shots.
0: But but he does. I'm not saying I don't want Ben. I'm not saying I don't want to shoot. He's a rim protector. He's a rim protector. You can play him at center. You can't play Ben at center. It's it's not like it's it's like it, the whole thing's fucking goofy. I'm just saying. <laughs> I respect a bit as much as anybody, but to see you fall for the bit. Is is sad for me. I like it's, I,
2: it's not. There's there's there are like it's not only one thing. Like there can be multiple things happening at a time when you're like yes, people like if you surround Ben with guys who can do other things, then his skills are enhanced. And if you surround him with clunky, slow shooting, you know, two thousand five Carmelo Anthony's, then it's going to be harder for him to succeed. I think those can those can also be the issue. And we know. I think I do think that like. There's some level of... He said that shooting has nothing to do with floor spacing.
0: Like, he has said that multiple times. Let's bring him on the whether, podcast and talk
2: about it. What, I like no, how fired up you get. I'm the one that usually no. gets fired up.
0: No, no. He's a phony. I'm, I'm not like... He's a cartoon. I'm, I'm not <laughs> debating with a, a fucking... Didn't we
2: sell Ben cartoon. Dietrich
0: shirts? We did, and I'm embarrassed by it. Like, I'm wow. embarrassed by the whole thing. Like, wow. I'll tell you, you go on his website and buy his $50 t-shirts... Uh, that are probably low-rent Hanes, 100% cotton t-shirts. I don't know, because I've never bought one. And you can wear it proudly and and just know that you are gamed by a guy who's fucking with you. Wow. Like, everyone. Just know he's fucking with you. The Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Who's not fucking with you? They would never fuck with you. They're totally legit. Uh, Week two... In the books for football, really, for us personally, week two, not any better than week one. Um, But if you want to actually have some fun with football, you go to DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. We are, the Philly football team, is down to five-point favorite over Cincinnati. Opened up at six or six and a half. Uh, Jalen Rager out for, like, six weeks. Not great. Um, Hmm. Uh, Anyway... They have a really great deal for you. All new users turn one dollar into $100 dollars, you bet on any team and you win. you get 100 to one odds. If you're a new user, you do one dollar bet on any team. they will give you 101 odds, you win 100 bucks. Um, by the way, same offer. if you don't want to bet on football, MMA, UFC 253, you bet on anyone, a Buck, you get 100 to one odds there you go and you can bet on the rest of the nba playoffs um i haven't looked at the uh the championship odds in a while let's see let's see team futures lakers are minus 300 to win the championship followed by the heat at plus 550 the celtics at plus 700 and the uh, nuggets at plus 1800 um look easy to deposit easy to withdraw all right, here in the country like you deposit the money's in there in two seconds i usually do it from paypal you can do it from credit cards or you can withdraw it's there like in 24 hours it's awesome download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now use promo code rtrs when you sign up you get the hundred to one odds pick any team during week three bet a dollar on them win a hundred bucks that's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code RTRS during sign-up for a limited time. For new users at DraftKings, Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm embarrassed that I got that mad about the Dietrich thing. Now, <laughs> I, like, I want to cut it out of the pod. I'm not going to, but I'm just saying. Wow. Uh, um, and his non-Sixers question, uh, getting back to the wiping-ass debate, it can be done sitting and standing. Sitting is the primary wiping position, but sometimes when you stand up after wiping a poop, you have to pee a little more. Then after you pee, one last wipe while standing to make sure all is clean, especially after a sloppy poop. Not all the pee comes out when you're sitting down, right? Sometimes it does, maybe 40 percent, the same rate as a Hollis three. Like none of this is a a, a good um, a good idea. Um, From Steven, South Jersey. Basketball question. No one should want to trade Embiid. I don't want to trade Embiid. But is there a reason to fear that his defensive value is on the decline because of the evolution of NBA offenses, namely high pick and rolls over 25 feet from the basket? As guys get more comfortable launching longer and longer three-pointers, it seems like Embiid is going to have two options, neither of which he's ever been good at, scrambling to hedge on pick and rolls beyond the three-point line or watching a parade of Kemba's, Jason's, Kyrie's launch three-pointers over his head while he protects the lane. Um, It's a fair uh, response, I guess. I guess I would just say that, to your point, he's so good at defense, if a team can survive if a team can be in Western Conference Finals with Jokic on the floor, I just think Embiid's defensive value is such that um, I don't think it's prohibitive. Like, and I don't think the league can evolve to be much smaller than it is, would be my guess. Uh, And I I don't know who wrote the article. I just saw the tweet. But like, somebody, maybe it was just a tweet. Somebody said, like, it's not that the big man is not like effective in the NBA anymore. It's just that everyone has to be able to shoot, pass and dribble. And if you can do those three things, you can stay in in the league. And and Bede can do those three things. I don't think his defensive thing his defensive value will become too much less than it is now.
2: Uh Yeah, I mean I think it's interesting like you're seeing a lot of teams drop pick and roll and how to defend those guys and, you know, do you help off of shooters, and then you're leaving? Teams are so good at getting pretty easy, wide open corner threes, um, and it's always very frustrating when you're seeing like one simple action, like a pick and roll, becomes such a problem that they can just really easily get wide open threes. And then watching the Sixers, and it's like they just can't get any, any of those shots, any yeah. easy looks, anything. Um, and so the idea, like I, and this is interesting to the D'Antoni point, like I prefer. To just switch, that that'd be my preference. Um, I think that there are very few guys in the league who can beat you down low if if they're switched onto a, sm- a smaller guy. Um, and beat is obviously one. Well, Jokic is one. Well, sometimes you have to help. Sometimes you have to help. But um, and a lot of teams are really good at getting back. I think Boston and Toronto and Miami are really good at recovering and that kind of thing. Um, the, my my thing is i if i was if I was running a if I was the whatever defensive coordinator that like red always has um I would make it hey, let's never give anyone an open shot, let's make everything is contested, and so in my mind, it's like yeah, sometimes that's gonna end up in like Mike Mescala covering Dame Lillard on the perimeter, but I think that that is I'd rather have a contested three. Contested shot the way Houston does it, um, just switching everything. Then I would giving up easy looks, whether that's at the rim or um, in the corner or whatever it is. And so, and Embiid is interesting. Like I, I think he's certainly capable of defending guards. We've seen him do that. We've seen him be able to switch onto it. I think over the last year or two, um, Brett diagrammed the defense so that he wouldn't have to, for the most part. Um, I would love to see him get in better shape and be able to do that. And maybe, maybe there's times where you change it, where you're like, okay, we're switching one through four, and Embiid's gonna drop, and maybe somebody helps or digs, or he like even just shows a little bit, like Jokic does that, right? He's not Jokic isn't the rim protector that Embiid is, so you're not trying to funnel people to Jokic. Um, but Jokic does at least like get in the way of the ball handler, so it's not simply a you know room service 19 footer that Kemba Walker can walk into because that does, I mean. Not a, it's not the shot you're trying to diagram your offense for, if you're Boston or any other team, like stepping into nineteen footers. Um, but if you have enough if you have someone who's just like capable and comfortable, that that becomes like a demoralizing shot for your defense. and so I would love to see the next coach play with that a little bit more, so it's not just the same thing every time.
0: I' agree with you. i sort of I, I've begun to think that like the big on the perimeter versus the the guard is less of a mismatch sometimes than, um, than it seems. Like, if, it, as long as you switch right away and just get the guy on him, it seems like the trouble is not switching right away when you have a big that, like, is a little unsure of what to do or they don't commit right away. Like, I'll take Embiid on Kyle Lowry on the perimeter and just, like, Lowry let Lowry shoot um, because that's what he's probably going to do. He's probably going to dribble, 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 and then shoot a three. That that somebody like Embiid is tall enough and has enough length to go and contest, um, than otherwise. So I'm I'm I think I'm with you with that. I think like um, there's there's not that many now. Look, when it is Lillard or Steph Curry or one of like the Chris Paul, like one of the six best guards in the league, you're fucked. But like you're probably fucked whoever's guarding them anyway. So uh, I would agree with you on the, that defensive question. Um, non-basketball question. Mike seems to love dining indoors during COVID. No. If he, if he had Josh Harris, obviously sarcastic. If he had Josh Harris money, what kind of restaurant would he open in Philly? And would he consider hiring the chefs that he got fired from the Sixers facility in Camden? So if you could open any kind of restaurant, let's say, in the, the perfect world, what kind of restaurant would it be?
2: I've never thought about it. Mm. Uh, no. I've never thought about it. I think, I think I'd think i probably do, like, a sort of... Uh, uh, the kind of restaurants where there's, like, 18 pages on the menu. Oh, a diner. And you just get everything.
0: I think they're called diners. Uh, or, yeah, like a like... diner,
2: but also with, like, weirdly... Like, you know, here's... Pakistani food, and oh. then here's some, you know, Peruvian delights. Just everything, everything all in one. I would open a breakfast place. I always that wanted to. I, I remember when I
0: went to Ocean City with my wife for the first time, and she was like, We got to go to Uncle Bill's pancake house. And we went there, and it was just like normal breakfast. And the, it was like two people, it was like $46. I was like, Fuck this. I could do way better than this. I would love to open a breakfast place down the shore. Um, last one. This is from Bill. I do not recall Victor Oladipo ever being discussed as a realistic trade candidate. On the surface, he may seem unattainable without giving up Simmons or Embiid, but there's constantly been speculation about him leaving over the past year. He has one year left on his deal before coming, becoming an unrestricted free agent. If Indiana is convinced that he's leaving or that he's not the same player, um, he may have lesser value than people think. Prior to the 18-19 season, people thought Minnesota would laugh at Covington, Bayless, Sarge, and a second for Butler, but his impending free agency caused a smaller market. So basically, what are your thoughts on the feasibility of acquiring Depot? I don't think we could get him without trading. Like, I don't even think the salaries... He's making like $30 million, I think. I don't know how you trade for him without trading Simmons or... Like, you, you they're not going to take Horford or Harris for him. So... I don't know how you get to thirty million dollars. Would you trade like Richardson and a bunch of junk in the OKC pick for him? I don't even know why they would do that. Yeah, I, I think they
2: the could people. probably get a better, yeah, get a better situation. Would you
0: trade Simmons for him? No, no, yeah. And then for my non-basketball and more important question, uh, I guess this is to, obviously to me. You mentioned on Twitter that Sap was one or two songs away from being better than Jar of flies. Therefore, I must know, what is your ranking of Allison Chains albums EPs? The correct answer is Dirt, Facelift, Jar of Flies, Sap, and then uh, Alice, self-titled, and then everything else. Um, I would go Jar of Flies, Sap, uh, Facelift, Dirt, and then everything else. That's mine. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you don't have Alice in Chains rankings. That would no. be my guess. Yeah. Allison Chains, great band. Rest in peace, Lane Staley. Uh, any thoughts about Scott O'Neill before we go?
2: Uh, I think we covered it. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, because this is relevant to the NBA bubble and the actions of the league and the players and uh, them doing what they can to bring attention to uh, all the many injustices and uh, police violence uh, in this country that uh, Breonna Taylor's uh, grand jury came back. Uh, in Louisville and they only indicted one of the three officers who killed her and they indicted him not for killing her but just kind of for randomly shooting into homes recklessly Uh, and people are pissed off and so we might see some more um, action from the players I don't know I haven't I haven't been looking Um, but it's certainly disappointing and disheartening and you shouldn't be able to just like kill people with no uh, repercussions and so I just I feel for people in Louisville community and for her family and everybody that has to deal with this all the time it's a really sad situation
0: that is not about uh scott o'neill but uh, uh it's, i'm not I'm not laughing at what you said obviously what you said was serious was no yeah we like already it.
2: covered we already covered scott i thought we <laughs> yeah, i thought we, we did that we i thought we hit our quota
0: that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's definitely fair. Um, all right. We will uh, we'll talk to you this weekend. Vote for uh, the, uh, the winner of the... Um, and if you want to re-listen to Tony T and Tommy, I put the audio of them reading the, uh, the entries up on the site. So go to MP. Are you down with TTP?
2: Yeah. You no. Know. Lick face.
1: If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you if don't, you don't fuck, fuck with me, then I won't fuck with
2: you. If you don't fuck with me, then I then won't, I won't fuck, fuck with you.
1: It. If you don't fuck with me, then, then I won't, I won't, I won't fuck, fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a friend.